0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It is Tuesday, our opportunity to check on breaking news as it's been happening overnight out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines at a very significant time in the Middle East. Ron, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Well, Ron, there's been a new, fresh election season in Israel. Uh, Let's talk about some of that. The Jerusalem Post is reporting significant progress between political rivals Benjamin Netanyahu and the blue and white leader Benny Gantz in a three-way meeting with the Israeli president, Reuven Rivlin. How are things looking?
1: Well, quite frankly, I'm aghast. I'm watching from afar the complexities of the Israeli election process, uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if in the long run it doesn't become a third election, but as uh, Netanyahu said, that'll take months. But Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Blue and White Party leader Benny Gantz took significant strides towards creating a national unity government, President Reuven Riblin said, following a two-hour meeting uh, between the trio negotiating teams for Blue and White and Likud parties, will meet again tomorrow our time, and Netanyahu and Gantz will meet again uh, with President Rivlin a day later. After the meeting, Netanyahu told his allies on the right that he is representing all of them in his talks with Gantz and that he would keep his previous promise not to join a government without them. Rivlin left Netanyahu and Gantz alone for half an hour. They decided not to detail what progress was made in that meeting. Following his consultations with the nine parties that crossed the electoral threshold, Riblin said that there's not a clear candidate to form the government. The nation expects you to find a solution and prevent additional elections, he told Netanyahu and Gantz. He also warned them to put aside their personal issues and consider the prosperity
0: and peace of the nation. So let's watch this space. Let's turn our attention to the United Nations and Iran's President Hassan Rouhani. He's preparing for his moment in the spotlight. Rouhani said that Iran will extend a hand of friendship in his speech. Uh, How does this story look?
1: Well, I think if I was an ambassador sitting listening to that, I'd have to grit my teeth. Rouhani said that Iran is extending a hand of friendship. Iran's president, Hassan Rouhani, is planning an epic speech for the UN in which he will propose a Hormuz peace initiative with an eye to changing Iran's role in the Middle East and the world. This plan is about collective work within the Persian Gulf region and we want all countries of the region to participate in it, Rouhani said on his website. Iran has even invented an acronym for his project. Would you believe it's called HOPE? The initiative was rolled out by Rouhani as he spoke during a military parade that marked the anniversary of the beginning of the Iran-Iraq war. In Iran, it's called Defence Week, when Iran's chauvinism, nationalism and militarism are all rolled into one. Iran's goal will be to send Rouhani to the U.S., While the hardliners back home parade with all their gadgets and technology, sending a message uh, to the region, be nice and accept the carrot or you'll get the stick.
0: Yes, well, uh, the idea of extending a hand of friendship uh, looking like an endeavour to win friends against the United States with all of the pressure that's on them right now. Ron, let's turn our attention to another headline, one that comes from Austria, the birthplace of Adolf Hitler. And it's intending to give citizenship to descendants of Holocaust survivors. How does this headline look?
1: Yeah, quite extraordinary. The Austrian Parliament passed legislation allowing the descendants of those who were persecuted by the Nazis in that country to obtain citizenship. The scope of the new law includes both those who fled Austria and those who survived concentration camps. The president of the Jewish community of Vienna, Oskar Deutsch, called the decision historic. With this decision, the Republic of Austria meets its historical responsibility, he said. According to the Jewish Chronicle, not only children, but also grandchildren and great-grandchildren of survivors, Will be able to apply for an Austrian passport. On, under the previous nationality law, only Nazi victims themselves could reclaim citizenship. The London based Jewish newspaper highlights how this move has important implications for British Jews of Austrian descent who will be able to obtain that passport without giving up their UK citizenship. Quite an amazing uh, stance by the austrian government
0: and another story ron which is a post holocaust world style story where leaders of the muslim world league are going to travel to auschwitz with a jewish and a christian delegation how does this headline read
1: yes in an effort to promote religious tolerance and understanding between the world's great monotheistic religions The Chief Rabbinate of France, the Council of Christian Churches in France, which includes Catholics, Protestants and Orthodox, and the Muslim World League will all embark on an extraordinary trip to Auschwitz next year. According to AFP, delegations from these three parties will travel jointly to Auschwitz in the first quarter of 2020 on the occasion of the 75th anniversary of the liberation of the Nazi death camps. The visit was confirmed during the annual international peace conference, currently being held in the Netherlands, which also brought together high-level religious leaders from around the world.
0: All right, and let's uh, finish on a lighter note here, Ron, and we do like to give some attention to some archaeology stories. Amazing how in the ancient world archaeology is so important. And now there's a headline where Israeli researchers have identified the biblical kingdom of Edom. Uh, give us some insights here.
1: Yeah, I just keep going back to the to the Lord telling everybody that uh, if they didn't uh, recognize his leadership, the rocks would cry out. And every week something else happens for archaeology to proclaim the very truth of the Bible. The biblical kingdom of Edom has always been a significant puzzle for biblical archaeology. Although evidence is supplied in the Bible, the archaeological record has always had trouble interpreting the text which said that existed as a kingdom long before the kings of Israel. But researchers uncovered the untold story of a thriving and wealthy society in the Arabah Desert, in parts of Israel and Jordan, that existed during the 12th and 11th centuries BCE. Using technological evolution as a proxy for social processes, we were able to identify and characterize The emergence of the biblical kingdom of Eden explained Tel Aviv University's professor, Ezra Ben-Joseph. Our results proved it happened earlier than previously thought, and it happened in accordance with the words of the Bible. According to the study, which was published on the site of the scientific journal Plus One, the kingdom's wealth appears to have been built on a high-tech network of copper, the most valuable resource in the region at the time. Uh, but what struck me was the archaeologist uh, saying that all the uh, analysis has been wrong, but the Bible was proven to be right.
0: Well, we always do appreciate that sort of evidence which shows the historic reliability of the Bible, Ron Ross, and uh, you do wonders uh, bringing us these updated stories each week. Always appreciate your great insights, and thank you once again for updating us on these breaking news headlines out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Neil.